This is the Drummer's Resource Podcast, session 161. And the quote of the day is from Frank Zappa, who said, Art is making something out of nothing and selling it. You're listening to the Drummer's Resource Podcast, home of in-depth interviews with the world's greatest drummers and industry professionals. Information, education, and motivation for drumming and beyond. What's going on, everybody? Nick Ruffini here with another session of the Drummer's Resource Podcast. I hope everybody's doing well out there in uh, in podcast land. If this is the first time checking out the podcast, thanks so much. I'm Nick Ruffini, the host, and there's about 160 interviews uh, at drummersresource.com if you want to check them out. And be sure to subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher and all that fun stuff. And if you are a longtime listener, thanks for being here again. I appreciate it. And uh, without without you listening, this would not be happening. So I appreciate that. And if you haven't already, fill out the uh, the survey, the content survey that I have going on at drummersresource.com forward slash survey. It'll take you about two minutes and I'm giving away a bunch of stuff from Boso Drumsticks and Drum Channel and Drummers Resource Pro and Aquarian Drumheads and things like that. So I, it, it'll help me put out content more relevant to you. And it'll also put you in the in the running for some free gear. So that's kind of cool. So check that out. And man, I've been listening to, I don't know why, I don't even know what made me just think of this, but I've been listening to a lot of the police lately, just like really into, just, I don't know, just really into what Stewart's doing. And I've been a police fan for years, but just been listening a lot. So, uh, so my question of the day is, what have you been listening to? And uh, hit me up on, you know, on social or leave comments in, the on the website drummersresource.com forward slash session 161 to talk about that talk about what you're listening to i want to do a question of the day every podcast because you guys are slacking on commenting so i want to i want to hear from you and i want to talk to you and i want to interact with you so this interview is uh let's get into it this is josh dion and josh and i sort of ran in the same crew for a little while and played at some of the same venues we actually played uh, i think we played a show or two together uh, and I used to book a club in Westchester, Pennsylvania called Spence Cafe, and he used to play there and we used the same booking agent, things like that. And I actually haven't, I haven't seen Josh in a while or haven't talked to him in a while. And or actually, I, I've never talked to him, but I haven't, hadn't seen him in a while. And this dude is somebody that has blown me away for years because we'll get into it, but he plays drums, sings, and plays keyboard all at the same time, which is just amazing. And he's just a great dude, a great artist a phenomenal singer, drummer, you know, keyboard player, all that stuff. So super excited to have him on the show. So let's get right into it with the one and only Josh Dion. Josh, what's up, man? Thank you so much for doing this. I appreciate it. Hey, Nick. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, man. Absolutely. I like how uh, this is this this is sort of coming all full circle. Like I used to play at a club that I booked at and and uh, we used to use the same booking agent for a few things. And like we mentioned off air, probably have played a show together uh, in the Philly area. So it's, most definitely. Yeah. So it's uh, it's great to have you, man. It really is. Thank you. Yeah. You know what? If you know, just still hanging around. That's what I tell people. Still in the music business. Still yep. hanging around. <laughs> I'm still doing it. I'm still doing it. <laughs> they can't get rid of me. I tried. You know, I tried to get out. I just can't. I can't do it. Yeah, oh yeah. Gotta, gotta oh, especially <laughs> around here, it's there's so much going on. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's inspiring. <laughs> I actually just I went to the uh, I went to Steve Smith had a book release a book DVD release party at the Cutting Room on Monday, and I went and 
I was like, that made me want to quit playing drums. Like everyone, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like after watching Steve Smith play, I was like, oh, I don't know what, I don't even know what I'm doing anymore. <laughs> <laughs> He's oh, like, I mean, this, the, this book, the, it's crazy, man. Like, I mean, not to get too into it, but he, there's like four different positions of match grip that he plays. And he's like, he demonstrates them all. And then he was playing like tabla on the, on, with his hands on the snare and like all kinds right. of crazy stuff. And he's, yeah, he seems very well studied and he seems yeah. like he really, he knows a lot about the tradition. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like just having that kind of information and sharing it with people is 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 awesome because we don't want to lose that the old styles man yeah you know what i'm saying and there was like i mean this room was some heavy cats too and everybody was kind of just blown away you know but cool anyway we're not here to talk about steve smith we are here to talk about you my friend all uh, right <laughs> yeah my favorite person to talk about let's talk about me yeah right, so, exactly <laughs> um i the the audience knows i always like to get some backstory on my guests and, and we don't need to to go down all the way to, you know, when you were two growing up and all that stuff. But, okay. but just give the audience, or I mean, if you want to, you can. That's, no, no, that's no, cool no, too. we don't need to go there. Yeah. I mean, if you got some cool <clears throat> stories when you were two, I'm, I'm willing and able. But just a little, you know, an overview of who you are and, uh, and, and what you do. Okay. Well, um, I, well, first off, you know, I'm a musician and I've always been a musician. My dad is a drummer. My uncle's a drummer, his brother. I grew up in like a really open, mellow, musical environment you know there were drum sets around i started playing drums like way back you know before mm-hmm. i can remember and i got into classic rock when i was a young kid and then that led me I, w- I was really interested in all all the aspects of of music at that point like it was amazing you know and i would trace back who wrote the songs and check out the blues and then i got it really into jazz i had some amazing teachers along the way i was really lucky and um and then when i was a teenager I was, um, you know, I, that, that was when I started singing and, um, and, um, and, and then from there, when I decided to go to college, like so many of us, we moved to the big city, you know, I grew up in Eastern Connecticut. And so it was kind of like either go to Boston or go to New York. And, and I made New York the choice, you know? Cool. And, uh, and that led me to being a gigging musician and, and making my livings, you know, since my late teens, in music growing and then trying to be a band leader and and trying to uh and all of a sudden kind of becoming the artist that i always thought fuck man i can you know i could be this person i could go for this thing right and um, now you are and now i'm there and and now we're you know working on this duo called paris monster and and um pushing that and writing for that and and trying to get that out into the world more so and then as you see as you mentioned before in our conversation, this video of, of me playing solo is a whole other thing. So it's like, mm-hmm. you know, just stuff going on. It's just, and New York is awesome at this point, I feel like, um, musically. Yeah, it seems like it, it, and not to cut you off, but it seems like it, it kind of went in a slump for a little bit. And yeah, I, it, yeah. In like a weird, like, not in like a, I don't, I don't want to say a slump, but like, it just seemed like the energy wasn't there. But now it's just like, I feel like the, there's all this renewed sense of, of energy. I don't know what it is either. You know what? I don't know what it is because I feel like everybody has left. You know what I mean? For, right. I mean, not not everybody. I mean, right. but I feel like there's been this this serious change that's happened in the past 10 years. Um, and I feel like a lot of the conversation is, oh, it's not happening. But in my little life, it's like blowing up. 
You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Just in terms of the amount of, of artists that I'm inspired by that I get to see play regularly. You I, know what I mean? So I, I, it, oh, yeah, I, I totally agree. Totally so agree. maybe like overall, if we were to look at a pie chart, like some shit has seriously changed in New York. And I don't, you know, I don't disagree with that. But mm-hmm. I'm saying, dude, I'm going out every night and, and it's like it's it's a serious vibe. Still serious serious vibe here mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. so I, i'm into th- i'm into that i'm into it and i wonder i feel like years ago like well, obviously new york's a jazz town and then and you know the hip-hop w- was huge still is in new york but like i felt like if you weren't playing jazz you there was no real reason to go to new york and now i think that there's obviously still the jazz but the the jazz i sounded like like I said, the Twitter, um, yeah. there's still, there's still, a, <laughs> there's still a ton of jazz, but there's all of this other stuff. I feel like there's a lot more just like experimental stuff. There's a lot more funk. There's a lot. I mean, just like all these subcultures that are happening that were always there before, but now I feel like they're coming to the forefront. Would you agree? That there's jazz coming. Yeah. To, I no, mean, no, no. I mean that all of like these other subcultures now are, are starting to come to starting to sort of get the limelight rather than, it's all about jazz in New York all the time. You know? Oh, there's so much, dude. There, there's like a bluegrass scene, like an awesome trad scene, like that. I mean, amazing musicians. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And that's something I never thought. You know, you go down to Mona's on Monday night. Monday night's like booming with things to do, and and you're right. It's all different um, scenes of 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 music, and yeah. I mean, I I probably don't even know what's going on in some respect. You know, I'm sure there's tons of you know many many right. things that i i would love for you to drag me to that i don't know about right right um but but even just that kind of stuff you know and then there's like the whole brooklyn scene which i actually know much less about and i'm trying to get <laughs> myself out there you know what i mean so it's like well how much are, how much are you on the road now i'm not on the road much right no? now we we're, no. we're we're really just kind of uh working on the writing and the uh hopefully the record Right. Like in quotes, you know, right, right, right. the record. So what's your, yeah. would you rather be, would you rather be on the road or would you rather be sort of home and doing the studio thing? Um, I am, I love the road. I love the road. And right now I, I've been able to travel and like, just as a side man, you know, and mm-hmm. gotten to see like a lot of Europe and really like was very lucky um, to get to do that. And right now I'm just in a place in my life where it's kind of like, if we do a certain amount of work behind the scenes, it, we will be able to be on the road and it will be playing our music. So, right. so that's where I'm at right now. Um, mm-hmm. So I've been loving the local scene. I've been really feeling grateful, like even what we're talking about with New York, because that's what my life has been, you know, and it's, and it's like, but, you know, I'll go up to play a gig in Westchester, mm-hmm. you know, I'll go up. It's like, I just have met so many people over the you know 15 years or whatever that I've been here and it's like you know there's just so much here for me because I've been here for a while right and um and 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 I'm grateful for that to have that while I'm working furiously with my bandmate Jeff Crayley you know what I mean mm-hmm. so it's like it's it's a really it's it's a nice place I I love being a local musician I could do that yeah you know I could totally be that guy and it's fun um, to live that life, but you know, whatever, but I'm always pulled in the direction of the road, obviously. And if you're going to build a band, you know, and that's part of your thing, you gotta, you gotta go on the road. You gotta go on the road, you mm-hmm. know, get into that mindset. Yeah. You know? 
I I love the fact that you just said, oh, yeah, I could be I could be a local musician and I'd be totally cool with that and and I would be you know I would enjoy that because a lot of times I think the stigma is like if you're not on the road and you're not like you know in a tour bus then you failed as a musician you know which I think is completely bullshit. I just I think yeah it's, I think it's you know there's there's so many more musicians that are making a great living that 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 like aren't on the road all the time or aren't you know aren't like on these major tours and and doing all that it's it's about your development as an artist you know what i mean like mm-hmm. what what your sound is like what what your what you want to do and you make your living you know however however you can you know what i mean whether right. it's touring or whether you you know some guys if they find a way into commercial work and they're just really good at it and aside from that they've got this specific voice on the instrument that they play mm-hmm. you know what i mean and it's like they're able to live in town and or or maybe they're literally just you know playing their instrument and that's all they do you know what i mean right. there's just so many variations on what a good life is as a musician mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. what i mean and and i think for, i know for me when i say local musician the thing that comes to mind is that like I'm able to, to grow as an artist. Like, how am I able to grow as an artist? Like, you know, Mm -hmm. and being local, you have the ability to see and hear so many different things all the time. I mean, and whatever the road is like that too. So, you know, you're going to a different (laughs) city every night and you're stimulated by meeting people. I mean, the whole, it's all good. In my opinion, it's Mm -hmm. all good. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, but I think like success, it's like, what is success? I mean, I know a lot of depressed people who are on tour buses too. So exactly. Exactly. Who knows, man, who knows? But you know, I'm, yeah, like I'm just as stimulated by going to some new city and like, you know, having a brand new experience and meeting all these new people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I mean, there's many different levels of road experience too. Like I've, I've done, like I said, I've done some of these kind of more in the jazz scene um, with folks that are older than me. It's like the treatment is kind of like, it's pretty easy, you know, and it's like, mm-hmm. here's this warm blanket kind of, you know, <laughs> for some of it compared to some of like the rock band stories. Right. there's your there's your floor yeah exactly or or whatever like i don't know it's just you know there's so many different variations being a musician (laughs) yeah and so many types of gigs and it's what works for you that's all that at the end of the day that's all that's who you gotta that's who you gotta look at in the mirror is yourself and there's so many ways to make a living in music yeah it's like i mean i guess it keeps expanding and and everyone is adjusting You know, to figure it out. So, uh, well, yeah, man. Speaking of adjusting, so I, I'm, I'm getting. I, I see everybody sort of complaining about Spotify and about Pandora and and how they're not making money and how they have to tour now. And you know, are there, you know, it's like if you don't tour, you don't make any money and all that. What are your thoughts on on where the music industry is now? Uh, and and. <clears throat> Wow. Are you embracing the change or are you are you fighting against it? Um wow. I mean, I I'm I'm having to embrace it. I mean, I I don't I mean, I I'm I'm you know, I'm having to embrace it in the sense of it's happening. <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. It is happening and and um I don't know what we can do. I'm not sure what we can do. I see everybody sharing this petition um 
I'm hoping something like that can work. You know what I mean? But I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's hard to trust anybody. I mean, like they, they've, they've turned the corner and it's kind of like, <clears throat> I've seen a change in people. I mean, younger folks are coming up to me and saying it shows, Oh, I got you guys. I got you guys on Spotify. <clears throat> Excuse me. And they're saying that to me, like, like, you know, with no guilt or anything, <laughs> right. I got you guys on Spotify. Like, you know, and I'm like, okay, well, that's how they came to the show. They know our music. Um, it's just not how I was raised. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not what I, I mean, I just, you know, I was raised with albums, you know what I mean? And I'm not mm-hmm. even that old. It's just it's like, you know, it's like a different kind of thing, you know, but I listen to people on Spotify and, um, right. and I don't know, like, it's not, it's not fair. It's like, I've, I've felt some of that heat of like, you get something going and then all of a sudden you look at, you know, what people have actually bought on iTunes even, and you know, which was out enough to go digital like that. It was a whole other step that everyone got to. And then it became not, not even 99 cents anymore. It's just free. Yeah. <clears throat> and then it's kind of like, okay, am I going to have to like, I see myself sometimes like living in a shack and like finding some little place I can live for free in New York, you know, like squatting or something, <laughs> being like homeless and being like, okay, like I'm just going to like dedicate myself to being an artist and I'm not going to do it for any money or anything. You know, it's like, it's, 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 um, it becomes harder and harder to, to find a way to make it a business, you know, I think. Mm-hmm. And, um, I don't know what the answer is. I mean, I would love it if people started paying for music, you know, and if they said, you know what, I want to pay double for this cover or like, you know, cause some people are still like that. They'll buy your CD and they'll say, you know, here's $20 and it's like, you know, mm-hmm. was $10. I'm just saying like, there are generous people out there and, and that's, you know, it feels good to buy stuff. I don't understand why everyone wants it all for free. It's like, it feels good to buy an album. Yeah. And like, I'd like, let's, I don't want to lose that culture. Um, I don't know how to fight it. I don't know how to fight it. If, if, you know, I'm going to look at this petition that people have been posting you know, on, on I haven't Spotify. even I haven't even seen that petition. Okay, so there's a petition. So let's check that out because I've seen people share it, and I haven't actually like done the research myself. Okay, to see like I mean, <clears throat> I've signed those things before, and for other even more serious subjects, do those work? What are those? Like, what is actually happening? Like, because it seems so easy to sign a petition on Facebook. Um, that would be my question. So, but you know what? I know people I can ask, but, uh, I, um, I guess this is, so this is the, uh, the urge Spotify to pay musicians more. Yes. Yeah. Like, you know, fair wages for musicians. It's a whole thing, you know, mm-hmm. which but here's, I'm all, here's yeah. my thing though. Tell me, you don't have to put your music on Spotify. That's true. That is true. I don't have to put my music on Spotify. My record's on there, you know, like <clears throat> you're right. You don't have to. Yeah, that that's true. So that, yeah, there's your point. And that was what Paris Monster said when Jeff mm-hmm. and I were talking about that. And he said that exact thing. We don't have to put our music, but you know what? We're, we're, we're like in, you know, an infant band at this point. Like what the hell are we going to do? <clears throat> you know? And the best thing that could happen is a million people steal your record. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, that's kind of where, that's kind of where we're at right now. But I mean, if I, you know, was established, like, you know, however you want to figure out your business is, is like, I respect that, you know? So it's mm-hmm. like, if someone doesn't want to be on there, that's, you know, I totally understand that. Yeah, I um, think ta- like Taylor Swift pulled her music off there. Cause she said she was, she was getting like 13 million downloads a month or something like that. And they sent her a check for like 200 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, that's screwed, man. Yeah. Right. 
That's so strange. It's yeah, fu- exactly. I, you know, it's funny because I walk, I walk the line of this because I'm a business person. I love business. I'm like a capitalist and I love business, but I also am an artist and I love art and I'm a musician. So I walk this line because I remember years ago, I remember when CD baby came out with this package that you could put your music on iTunes. Mm. And it was like 35 bucks and people were like freaking out. They're like, this is amazing. Like I can put my, my record on iTunes now for $35 and because it gave you distribution. And now everybody's like, I don't want my stuff on iTunes anymore. You know, it's like, I think that because it's, I think that the, the playing field is leveled though. So it's sort of like, you don't have to go through all of these channels to quote unquote, make it, you know, you can, if you're, Mm. you know, if you can, if you can hustle it and you can leverage the tools that we have, like the internet, then we can get our stuff out there. You know, I mean, the internet's crazy thing, man. Like most of the, like, you know, successes I felt recently were from the internet. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's just, um, that's where, that's where attention is. You know, it's bizarre. It's bizarre, man. It's like a whole crazy world we live in now. And, uh, as we all know, so I'm not, Anyway, yeah. Let's talk about music. <laughs> oh, let's do it. <laughs> let's talk about not the price of music. Oh, let's pretend, yeah, because it's it's daunting, man. I know. And Somebody. like I said, and I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I'm obviously for, our, us getting paid more, and and you know, it's like twenty years ago, thirty years ago, it was a hundred bucks a man. Now it's a hundred bucks a man. It's like there's no, yeah, I know, you know, know that the, that doesn't change. Yeah, the, the scale doesn't change or anything like that, which is ridiculous. So I just wonder if there's some, like you said, some solution that that gets worked out to where it's fair for everybody and that everybody's making money and everybody's happy and everybody can continue to make art. So yeah, uh, I so, really hope so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. We, we will see. We will see. Yeah, I mean, you know, we can figure that out. That'd be that'd be good. So. Speaking of, you said, let's talk about music. Let's talk about you specifically and your musicality, because I think that, you know, for the people who don't know you, the thing that is amazing about what you do is you're a phenomenal player. You are a phenomenal singer. Oh, and you're a phenomenal keyboard player and you play and sing and like you play drums, sing and play keyboards at the same time, which is the first time I ever saw you did that, it just, I was like, all right, come on, man. Enough. Not like jokingly, but I mean, it was, I was blown away. Um, so Thank how you. did, how did that whole thing, how did, how did that start? Uh, well, oh my God. And yeah, it, it started. I, when I say that, when I'm, when, and just to be clear, when I said that, when I was like, come on, man, I, I was saying like, give everybody else a chance kind of thing. Cause it was, <laughs> cause it was, it was the no. shit. That's what I'm saying. Well, I appreciate you saying that. And, and it, and I mean, it, it really, <clears throat> It's kind of, it, it also has a side to it that it's a little clownish. You know, if it's not done in a musical way, it can be kind of dumb, I have to admit, you know, and it was something that started just kind of really messing around, you know, and I, I mean, and, and, you know, I have to say, like, as a two-handed keyboard player, there there's a lot of holes in my playing, you know what I mean? I, I, mm-hmm. I, I was lucky enough um, when I was uh, in, I was about 10 and I had this uh, brilliant music teacher in my life, Catherine Nemasek. And she uh, she taught it in Mansfield, Connecticut, where I grew up. And I was so lucky to have her because I remember she taught me all 12 keys and the blues scale and, the, you know, different scales and the um, diminished scale, which to this day, the only reason I can rip a diminished scale is because of her. 
You know what I mean? <laughs> right. So like, so I learned the keyboard and um, enough. You, you know what I'm saying? Like in terms of just having a little bit of facility and like knowing music theory a little bit and stuff. So like that's where my keyboard playing is at. You know what I mean? And w- w- it it made sense to add it with the drums because what I'm doing is like very ryth- rhythm based. And, um, you know, I was listening to a lot of funk records, like I always have, you know, mm-hmm. and and I was hearing like the synth bass and thinking like, dude, you know, you could you could make this all one groove, kind of like kind of like the same way, like Steve Gadd plays 50 Ways to Leave Your Lover or something where it's like this loop mm-hmm. uh, of, um, you know, or, or the way anybody plays a loop, really, right, like right, some right. kind of a four bar phrase. You know, it's like it could very well be like, whatever. And that's the, the and just think like, you know, the dude's playing the, the bass, too, or something, you know. And that was like what I started to to or, or like the way a clavinet locks in with the drums. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I thought to myself, well, this could be the same guy. You know what I mean? Because it's like right handed clav is funky. Right. And, and you know, you, you don't need a ton of drums to to groove you know you just need a kick drum and a snare drum yeah and um i'm just gonna take you saying that and just put that on loop for everybody yeah jeez yeah and there's a lot i can't play on drums too you know what i mean so i I, i've been trying to find my sound on drums and i've been lucky to you know i don't know finally kind of find my way And, and i think that the singing was huge for me like becoming a singer and like that whole thing and then the whole keyboard thing is is just kind of a little addition to it so all. So were you you were already singing and playing drums before you started playing keyboard, or were you working on sort of all three I, of those at the same time? Never working on all three. Like I had a band called Josh Dion Band, and that no, was the band that we yeah, played. Yeah. That was the band we played together with. And, right, right. And I I didn't really. I would occasionally play like Pat and I would play like a line together or something like that. Mm-hmm. It was like very rare. The keyboard thing, like, but you the, sang I, in that band, though. I sang. I was yeah. the yeah, the, yeah, exactly. It was like, you no. Know, so that was, that was a thing. Just being. Wh- what I'm saying is, it's it's been a progression. I got you. You know, it was like the drumming and the singing, and then, and then when I started this new band, it was like more of an electro, garage noise funk kind of thing or whatever. You know, it was like we were experimenting, and and I had never done anything that was kind of out like that, and I was really into it, and and I you know became the keyboard thing, and and the the minimalism of some of it and the also, you know, the uh, multitasking cause Jeff is multitasking too in Paris monster, mm. you know, and that's a thing that people do now, man. I mean, I you see tons of stuff like this going on. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, I'm, I'm not the only one. I think that maybe people are feeling it cause it's like, I'm actually doing, you know, literally got the keyboard, the drums and I'm, and the singing, you know what I mean? Sing the singing part of it, I think is, Dude, that's the thing that blows you know, me away. That that's like, what it is. I and think. it's not like just to be clear, like you, you're not like playing the drums and then going over and playing the piano and then or playing the keys and then coming back and playing the drums. Like you're playing, you're grooving, you're playing the bass, or you're 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 playing like the clav or whatever your you know whatever tune it is, and singing at the same time. And it's just like, and you're playing, so you're playing right-handed keys too, right? It's right-handed keys because that that you know that's like the keyboard. I mean, I've got much more on my right hand for a, for a keyboard, for feeling confident on a keyboard. Mm-hmm. And and then, you know, and Jeff and I thought about the setup. You know, we thought about, like, you know, the kind of, kind of having that bigger kick drum sound, like the open, nasty kick drum sound and having the snare be like kind of a tuned down 
most of the time. And like my tom is very low. There's a lot of thought put into the way the drums sound so that like you can you get more for for every time you connect with the drum, like a bigger sound. So it's like more like, you know what I mean? Not mm-hmm. as short of a sound. So you're filling and, more space. Yeah. And it's just like, it's just, you know, so it feels big. And, um, I don't know. There's just a lot of thought that was put into it. It's really, it's, it's, it's a specific sound that we're, we're going for. So you when, know what I mean? Uh, yeah. So when you're, when you're playing, do you feel, how can I say this? Do you feel limited when you're playing, Mm. when you're playing drums and keys or are you feeling like this is this is how i play you know what i mean do you feel like you're playing two different instruments oh you could easily find you're limited on that big time yeah there's there that was what i was going to say is like it's like us realizing that's why parts are so big Mm -hmm. you know because you can't be three people you know what i mean like you just can't (laughs) do it it's like you literally it's about the music you know what i mean so for Mm -hmm. me it's really just most of the time just a groove and a baseline, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's not like, it's not like, uh, I don't know, but it's not like what you might think it would, was like, or what we're trying to do. You know what I mean? It, it, a lot of it is the limitation and being, and recognizing that. Mm-hmm. I try to be creative around that. Limitation. Trying to be creative around it. I mean, a lot of times I'm just coming up with, like I said, like a two or four bar loop, um, you know, and, and I'm that thing in the band. That's my thing. And then Jeff is more like either he joins in with the groove and is a part of that, or he's the atmosphere mm-hmm. with that groove. You know what I mean? And that's how simple the band is. If you know, expressively, do you feel limited? Um, no, 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 I do. I mean, I, I, you know, it's kind of like the one thing I'm working on the most right now is feeling confident improvising bass notes underneath what Jeff plays mm. and making decisions and, or, or anybody for that matter. Right. Cause I've gotten an opportunity to do that with a few other people in town and it's the improvising of harmony. That is the thing that I'm learning the most about right now. It's like, it's like rhythmically I feel very on and, and with the keyboard and the drums and, and the singing and, and it's like, you know, and, and you keep growing, it's like anything, right. You right. know, at first you're like, wow, we're, this is stupid, you know? And, and then someone comes up and says, no, it's not stupid, you know? <laughs> and then you say, okay, like, let's try this. And then it becomes like, oh my God, I felt as great as I did a night where this happened five years ago, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't know. It's like, so you just, but, but man, it's, you just like, for me, it's been like learning about all of music, like all the stuff that I haven't learned, you know, like, like teach me now, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like trying to learn, oh, hearing like, what notes Jeff is playing and saying like, okay, like I'm, I'm going to feel this underneath it. Mm-hmm. And I'm, you know, trying to improvise with that setup is, is like really an awesome feeling. If you start playing a Hammond B3 with foot pedals while you're playing drums and singing, that's it. Like I, <laughs> right. I quit. Just, I'm, I'm going to hang it up. <laughs> if I ever tried that, I want you to come and punch me. <laughs> I really do. No, trust me, because my bandmate would literally like punch me in the face before you could even come. (laughs) Yeah. No, no, I'm not a real keyboard player like that. You know what I mean? Like you wouldn't, I'm not, I'm not that guy. Hmm. I'm a drummer. You know, I was born, I was born a drummer and, and it's become full body with the singing. Now I'm starting to feel like, you know, that's really me. And the keyboard is, is just, you know, is part of my electro band with Jeff Crayley. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, and and it's become a thing now because I did start to play the solo thing, 
and it's now becoming comfortable to have that on stage with me when I play solo. Mm-hmm. And um, and we'll just see where it goes, you know. Right. That, we'll just see where it goes. I like it. Thanks, man. Thank so, you. Yeah, I, I, I really do. Um, I always I have for years. Let's take a quick second to thank the people who make this podcast possible, and we'll be right back with Josh Dion. So there's no doubt that all of you know I love DW drums, and I've been playing them for years. And I mentioned on the last podcast, do yourself a favor. If you're out in the LA area, or just, I mean, even if you're not, take a trip to Oxnard. It's about 45 minutes north of of LA, and go in and tour the factory. It's amazing. They have a proprietary way that they make all their shells and everything. And just watching how they make these drums is amazing. Not only that you can interact with the people there and you'll realize that it's such just a really close knit family over there at DW. So do yourself a favor, go check them out in Oxnard or check them out dwdrums.com. But like you, you got to get the full experience if you go there. So do yourself a favor, go to Oxnard and take a tour. It's uh, I don't know if it's free or not. I think it's free. Anyway, go check it out. And uh, you can visit them at dwdrums.com. Well worth the visit, I promise you. This session is also brought to you by Sabian and their new XSR symbol. So I could tell you all about their award-winning technology and their B12 bronze and all of that stuff. That doesn't mean anything to me, and I don't know what it means to you. But here's something that you need to know. That these are super high-quality, professional-grade symbols at a price that you can afford. And at the end of the day, what else do you need to know? For more info, head over to sabian.com forward slash XSR. Now, let's get back into it with my man, Josh Dion. The question that I get a lot is about practice. So I always like to talk about practice routines and things like that. So this is sort of a twofold question for you. One, what, you know, what are your drumming practice routines look like or what did they look like and then also what do you suggest for people who want to start branching off maybe singing and playing um you know and and start incorporating because that's a whole that's another instrument it's not like adding another limb you know what i mean it's like that's a whole other thing so uh yeah two-part question okay so practice you want to want to talk about my drum practice um i think honestly sound and tempo have been the things that I have been really shedding the most in the past five, six years, I've, I've grown so much in that department, you know, and in confidence, you know what I mean? Um, Mm -hmm. Not any specific book or rhythmic exercise, um, which also means that my my playing has stayed relatively simple and feel based, Mm -hmm. you know, but I've like, I really, especially with singing, um, I got really into the metronome. You know, and I started to really like bring it on gigs and uh, work with it as if it were kind of like, you know, like a pedal that an instrumentalist had or something. It's like this thing is here to help me uh, be conscious of tempo and to kind of try to learn to teach myself more about where the musicians on stage were feeling it, Mm -hmm. you know, and to be natural with the metronome somehow and to like, I don't know, it's it's cool. I go in and out with it, but, and then practicing with it and just like trying subdivisions and polyrhythms with the metronome. Paris monster plays with the metronome a lot. And it's, and it's just really, you know, helped me 
and I kind of came back around and now I'm like really not into playing with a click, like when you record and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I feel like going through that thing with the metronome helped me to, to come to that place again, where now I'm into it being like quote unquote organic, you know, I'm Mm -hmm. back into that thing where it moves a little bit. Um, and, and I don't think I was confident enough to just be that, you know, before. So I think the, the metronome, is huge and, and widely overlooked. I feel like, I feel like, and I, and I didn't really have the metronome in my childhood. So I think I, I played the records, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Which is a different kind of feel. So I think that once I got into the metronome, I was like, Holy shit. Like finally, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, but man, I, I have so much to shed like drum book wise, you know what I mean? Like I need to like, I need to like work on some exercises and like, Oh, and also singles between hands and foot. I've been working on that a lot mm-hmm. <laughs> just to nice. get, you know what I'm saying? Because that's one of those things where it's like, it's just literally being able to be, you know, free on the drum set. Like, what are the things I ask myself? Like, what are the things you need to work on to be just a little bit, you know, freer? Sure. <laughs> so, um, and the, the, the feel and the, I, I love talking about feel and groove because it's such yeah. an intangible thing. So you can't be like, oh, go buy, you know, this book and it'll teach you all about feel. It's such yeah. a, yeah. and everybody has like weird you know, weird ways of practicing it and, and things yeah, like that. So, yeah. Oh my God. The, the, there's things that, that you learn about yourself. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I, I know for me recently, it's been realizing that my beat is wide and that there is a thing called the wide beat. You know I mean? Mm-hmm. I remember yeah. Billy, Billy Hart yep. um, mentioned the wide beat to me, you know, probably 12 years ago when I just like went to go see him play somewhere and I didn't know what the hell he was talking about, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but you're Billy Hart, so I'm going to listen. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and and now, now I'm like, oh, you know, and I listen to myself back and I'm like, oh man, like, you know, maybe I come from something kind of like that too. Like, but I've got like this older, almost like old classic rock, old jazz feel I don't know that like over the years, it's just like what I was raised on, you know, and I mm-hmm. listen back and I'm like, sometimes you have to embrace where you come from some older type things. And, and then, then you're influenced by rhythms of today as well. And then it's like, that's, that becomes like what you sound like and who you are. Mm-hmm. Let's, you know think, I mean? let's, let's dive into that a little bit about the wide beat though, for, for the wide the beat, man. Yeah. <sighs> wow. Yeah. What is the wide beat? Well, it's like, I don't know. It's, Sometimes those guys, the tempo slows down, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I don't know. Um, I know for me, it was realizing that like my thing can, my my groove can swing kind of all the time. You know what I mean? It's like, and when I saw Levon Helm play the first time, I I thought the same wide beat that I thought when I hear Billy Hart play time in an interesting way. Um, well, with Levon, it's more of a shuffle. You know what I mean? It's more right. of like a definitive shuffle. But like, I had never thought about rock music being like that. And when I saw Levon, I was like, oh my God, because I'd heard all the recordings and, and like really gotten into the band. But then when I got to sit next to him, I finally got it. And I finally understood like how much he swings, man. I was yeah. just like, holy shit, dude. You know, and it, and it made me realize like, okay, like it's okay that's cool like there's shimmy going on man there's movement it's like so grooving like were you like trying to have everything sort of be up and straight up and down i don't know what i was trying to do i probably was (laughs) you know i was probably swinging or in some way and maybe not as conscious of and maybe he's not i don't know but i i i think um 
Yeah, I don't know if I thought about it as much up to that point. You know what I mean? And I think that I think that maybe that was just a realization of something that was already existing around me. You know, mm-hmm. but um, yeah. I mean, it's like wow. I mean, that's that's a whole thing. I feel like I feel like there's many different kinds of of playing. There's like an on top kind of playing and it's like and, and to me that was like kind of like the tip in kind of r&b gospel like on top of the beat thing like i used to do a lot of gigs in the west village and the club scenes there and that's more the feel of that vibe it's like it's like pushing pushing it's like you know and the metronome was good for that too because i kind of i'm i'm behind a lot of times so i had to learn how to be on top and do that thing too and then there's like the whole like discombobulated thing that's going on now. Like, you know, the D'Angelo started, you know, with hip hop and yeah. stuff. And then it's like in jazz and then it's like and now there's that feel, which is like, OK, let's take this and and um, mess with it. You know what I mean? And kind of make it angular. So there's so many kinds of feels, you know, mm-hmm. so so feel is huge, you know, and it's like in. And I'm, you know, trying to understand all these all these things. And, and that's a drummer's job. You know what I mean? That's like. It's understanding all those things mm-hmm. so, yeah it f- man it feels such a it's so hard man it's like I, I, I like how do you you know working on it is is tough i i know that like i've worked on it with just laying the snare in front behind on you know and stuff like that but then like i don't know you you go into a gig and you don't want to be thinking that way you know like oh i'm gonna yeah. lay the snare back a little you know it's just feels such a weird thing, man. That's why I love talking about it because everybody sort of has their interpretation of it and they hear it differently and, and they see it differently and they feel it differently. And, you know, it's just, it's interesting. It, and, and it's always going to change when there's people. I mean, when, when you're right. practicing, it's just us, you know what I mean? So it's like, you know, once there's another human being there feeling also the feel changes. That's why on drums, it's almost like it's good to look everyone in the eye and kind of be like, you know, where are you feeling it in, in your mind, you know, and in, in your playing and like feel where they're feeling it and then put it there. It's as simple as that. It's like you hear guys say, put it there. That's where you put it. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's just kind of like put it right there, you know, whatever. I don't know. But it's like literally that that can happen. You can feel the band and where they're feeling it and just give it a little nudge. Make sure it's moving. That's your groove. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's like um, make sure it's moving. Always make sure it's moving. and let it roll. You know what I mean? Let it roll, let it shuffle, let it, or, or let it be whatever those other people are feeling that you're on stage with your bandmates, you know, it's, um, it's an, you know, (laughs) it's organic. It is. It 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 really is, you know, and, and, and there's many different, I mean, of course, now there's also tracks and laptops and click tracks and, and, and saying, okay, on the chorus, let's speed up a little. So we're going to go from one thirty to one thirty one and back again. And there's crazy ways of doing it now. So it's like, there's all kinds of shit to know. <laughs> never stops, man. It, yeah. It, it never, never stops. stops, which is great. It's, it, it's the, the lifelong journey. I mean, I think it would get boring if you got to the top and you're like, all right, here I am. Now what, you know? Yeah. Like you're done learning. That would, It'd be horrible, actually. It would be horrible. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's like going back to like you mentioned Steve Smith at the beginning. You know, it's like you know he's he's a rock star, right? You know, he's a rock star, but he's like, does he ever stop learning? It's like you know, there's a lot of people like that. They you know, actually that, told that are us, inspiring. They told a story that he had gotten back from a world tour, and he got in at like ten o'clock at night, and the guy from Hudson Music called 
the next morning at like nine o'clock in the morning and was like, hey, is Steve there? And his wife was like, yeah, he's downstairs practicing. Let me go get him. And then she came back <laughs> on the phone and he was like, he said, he'll call you in a couple hours. He's like right in the middle of practicing. So he's going to have to call you back. <laughs> he's like, he just got off a world tour nine hours ago and he's already shedding, you know? Wow. That's like wow, that's, Stanton that, yeah. Moore's that way, man. Like he gets, is he? Oh, wow. Dude, he gets done the gig and like goes backstage and practices after the gig. Yeah, I, I, it's, it's kind of like, you know, it's like something you want more of. It like should feel good. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like playing your instrument, it should it should be a love. There should be love, right? You know what I mean? And, and trust, you know, with the people you play with and and with yourself. And I don't know. There's like all those things. It's like let's not forget that. You know, right? Let's not forget that it's about that. And it can be this like really special place we go it's sacred you mm-hmm. know it can be a sacred place so do damn you ever... i mean man i gotta hear that too it's like it's yeah. you, for, you forget it sometimes you know do you ever get in a rut with practicing where you don't want to practice oh dude i'm awful at practicing i'm awful yeah, yeah. i'm well, a mess and bro. why is that because you don't like it or because i, I don't know it's I just, hard or you well, just you can't know, get and the, the busier you get the less you do it right right you know sometimes i forget that i could just put the metronome on the in the car See, for me, I've got to psych myself out. I'm like ADD and stuff. I got to like psych myself out and like realize that I can practice everywhere all the time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, or like every opportunity is there for me to do ear training with the world around me. And like, you know, and especially now, you know, like I said, I got the metronome on the phone. I'll be like, check, you know, check this out. Like, I don't know, spend some time with this tempo with a pair of sticks. Or, or your hands even, or like singing some rhythm or singing a song or whatever. Like just, it's always there. You can always find the inside of your voice and say, Oh, can I find my voice at this moment in this day? You know, practice can be with us. Or, you know, it's like, sometimes you won't have those chunks of time to sit down. It's about being in touch with yourself, mm-hmm. but then there's the sitting down and, and it's like, man, I need to do a lot more of that, you know? It's like, right. And, and actually have a, a practice like you're working on specific things and, and uh, taking lessons, man, that can really force you back into it. Yeah, that's a that's a good idea. And it's that's a, a good it's idea. a fight, you know, like so, I know that like I've gone through bouts of this where I'm like, I'm like, I just don't I don't want to go into the practice room. I just don't want to be in there. I it it frustrates me. It bothers me. And I'm bored or whatever. I'm like, I just don't want to go in. And then there's other times where it's like, I can't wait to get in the next morning, you know? Right. It's tough. Yeah. Well, there are definitely days. I mean, I sat there yesterday trying to work on a new tune, you know? And uh, I was just like, <laughs> I ended up just like playing some like funny stuff and like sending it to Jeff or something. And I'm just like, I'm getting nothing done, you know? But then I ended <laughs> up working on something and I, it's like, sometimes you have to break through. Sure. You know, yeah. sometimes you have to break through. It's like if I can just think, okay, I care about this thing and I want to give it some love. And that's it. It's like that simple. You yeah. know what I mean? Like that, or, you know, whether it's the drums, like some rhythm or it's writing a song that you're working on or like, oh, what's this old bass line? Like, you know, let right. me play it and open up my mind and see what happens. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, and now it's like you can record everything. It's so much fun. You can like document everything. Yeah. You know? <laughs> now you mentioned, uh, or, or we were talking about the other side of the practice. I don't want to like keep going down this practice road, but about combining singing and, and playing. If, if you just want to touch on that. Oh, right any, on. Yeah. 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 Oh Lord. I mean, just doing it, you know what I mean? Just like, you know, literally singing, I mean, singing the songs with the drums and, and no, accomp- you know, nobody uh, to play chords too is in a ama- and recording yourself doing that is an amazing exercise with pitch 
you know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and, um, that's something I would do to like kind of work on my sound as a singer, mm-hmm. you know, and really like, I don't know, just kind of try to focus on my body while I'm doing it. And, and, um, and, you know, what aspect do you mean practicing, like practicing singing and playing sort of the, the coordination yeah, and, you know, there, because I, I, I feel like for me, if I try to sing and play, which I can't sing, so I'm never going to do that. But I mean, I've, I've, well, I shouldn't say that. I've sang backup and stuff like that, but it's, if the melody is different than sort of what you're playing or the tempo may be different or there's, mm. you know, it's just, it's a coordination okay. thing, but I don't, and correct me if I'm wrong. This is me asking you, is it the same sort of coordination as like playing an ostinato on your feet and playing something else with your hands? It can, it can be. Yeah, it can be. I mean, a lot of times drummers are just, you know, kind of, it, it, it's, there's something so primal about it that it's actually easy. You know, I want to say like when you're being primal about it and you're saying, I'm playing a beat, which is like, yeah, I got, it's like all your body. And then you're singing a melody. It makes a lot of sense when you do it. Hmm. There's something primal about both of those things. But if you're talking about doing things you can't do, you'll go to actually do something and you'll say, wait a minute, I'm singing. I can't do that. It's like, so like, for instance, for, you know, for example, um, playing a shuffle, you know, you're, you're, you're playing a busier, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, try to be like, if you're singing triplets, you know, I don't know that maybe that doesn't go so well the first time. So you'll start to find these things that like, you can practice those kind of things, you know, like sing a blues, sing a blues over a shuffle on drums and realize that, oh man, like, you know, sometimes the rhythms line up in a weird way with what my left hand's playing or whatever. And it's like, you know, Mm-hmm. And maybe maybe get out the metronome and and put that thing on two and four and get your beat going and and just kind of work it out work it out like you're in the gym or something you know and sing work on the rhythms you know mm-hmm. you got to shake it baby you you know what's that Steely Dan you got to shake it baby you got yeah, to shake it baby uh, like some the Babylon uh, Sisters uh, I was gonna say Babylon Sisters but you got to shake it baby you got to shake it baby you got to shake it baby you got you know like practice some shit like that yeah you know what I mean and kind of like open up your mind or or take a hard drum groove like Fifty Ways to Leave Your Lover which I mentioned earlier or like Rosanna or some shit. Take that drum groove and try to sing that song. You know, I mean, I'm just saying if you really want to challenge yourself rhythmically, you know, find find a loop, like a drum loop, something that you're committed to playing this groove, you know what I mean? And sing over it and feel feel the way that your voice reacts to the rhythm you're playing and how your body works together. Like, you know, because mm-hmm. you're right, it is a little bit like having that ostinato thing sometimes. Right. You know, and you can use the drums powerfully underneath like let's say you you get to a peak of a song and you're like you want to hold a note like imagine practice holding a note on your voice and then getting the drums busy underneath you yeah you know what i'm saying like do a fill do a fill or something like that so so there's like there's so many ways you can impact having both of those things Mm -hmm. and part of this explanation makes me think that it's sort of like singing and dancing yeah man yeah yeah, because you're, you know, it's, you're, yeah, exactly. Because you're driving the bus, as they say. <laughs> <laughs> you're putting it there. <laughs> yeah, you're putting it there. Put it there, you know. Uh, I remember I when I was at William Patterson, um, 
I, I got to have Rufus Reed as a teacher mm-hmm. for one semester. I was so lucky. Nice. And he's the first person I think I ever heard say, put it there. There it is. <laughs> and I was like, holy shit, you know? <laughs> and he was right. It, you know, it's, it's so cool, man. Put it there. That's it. That's all you got. That's simple. Just figure that out and you're done, you know? <laughs> well, it's taken me 15 years to, to start to figure that out after he said it too. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, but I'm slow. <laughs> Man, me too. So, Oh my God. Now you would mention, uh, lessons. So are you, are you currently studying with anyone? No. No. And I need to. I wasn't putting you on the spot. I was just, you know, interested. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not currently studying with anybody. Um, my schedule is, is, is pretty busy right now. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and I've definitely talked about it, but have not, have not taken a lesson in a minute. So who would you study with if you were going to, I would ask Dan Weiss, to, I would take a lesson with Dan Weiss. Yeah. And he, yes. And he's a buddy and it, and, and it's good to have genius buddies. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I think that that's the person I would have a lesson with. So, and I should just call him and ask him. I'm, I'm, he's probably, you know, would blow my mind. And I just go to see him play, you know, and that, yeah. that, that blows my mind. So that's who I would choose to take a lesson with right now. Nice. So yeah. do you teach lessons? I occasionally teach lessons. Mm-hmm. That does happen. Yeah. Okay. You know, it's kind of just like whenever anyone wants to, to come hang out. It's usually just a one-off kind of thing. I don't have any regular students. I, I did have one regular student, uh, rec- fairly regular, who who's really talented um, guy who, uh, and it was cool because he was, he wanted to sing, you know, he's a singer as well as a drummer and he plays other instruments. So it was like kind of the perfect fit oh, nice. at the time. And, uh, and that was really cool. But yeah, you know, I don't know. It's It's interesting. Like, I don't know how prepared I am as a teacher in terms of like, Sometimes you don't realize how much you know, that's for sure, you know, and, and I know for me, I'm, I'm open to sharing everything I know for the most part, and you know, mm-hmm. so, um, and I haven't had that much one-on-one teaching, you know, in ter- you know, in a while, um, but I did do a drum clinic recently and I loved it. Yeah. I loved, I loved it. And, and I felt like what I could bring to it that was a little bit different than when, what some other guys did or, you know, was talking about some of these traditional feels and, maybe the singing thing like and how that because there's a lot of people that sing you know what i mean like Mm kind of everybody's a singer in some way like let's admit it you know right you know and it's like so i felt like the musicality what what do you mean by everybody's a singer i think that there's an inner singer in all of us you know i think that it's probably one of the first things we discovered as humans just like drums you know what i mean Mm -hmm. rhythm you know so i think that um i think that there's more people want to sing than you imagine you know what i mean i think oh, that i'd it's, love to sing yeah. i just can't do it yeah oh okay <laughs> yeah and i'm not saying everybody's a singer like no no, no i get it I get, no yeah 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 i think conceptually and, and i think literally there are more singers you know what i mean like who play mm-hmm. drums you know what i mean so i think it's it's really a thing now hmm. um but um i just think that that whole it was it was great to talk about textures too with drums and length of notes and and just kind of stuff like that tempo mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that. So I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed being a part of a, of a drum festival slash clinic. It was fun. 
let, let's touch on that for a second. I want to be cognizant of your time, but but let's talk about textures a little bit and and okay and okay. length and elongation of notes and and things like that for people that are listening. So can we can you talk about that a little bit more? I can, I can, and and I you know I can space out just like anybody. You know what I mean? But but mm-hmm. music is really listening and being in the moment and always being aware of what's going around you. And the length of notes is huge. You know, it's literally. I'm going to play a role for a measure and and like, who knows, maybe at that point, the bass player decided to go up the neck a little bit and he's going to work his way there. And let's say the guitar player hits some harmonics and you say, oh, I'm hearing upper register. I want to go to the cymbal and I'm going to work with the bell of the cymbal now because, you know what I mean? I just, you know, have your antennas up if you're improvising, especially, you know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and like, think about the surface you're on. Think about you know, do I hear something with a brush? Do I want to like get a really crass raking sort of sound? Is that something or do I want to hit the rims? Like learn all the different sounds you can get from your drums, learn the frequencies that are in those, you know, and be mindful of those things. Just like a guitar player, you know, is going to be mindful of where they are playing on their instrument, you know? And it's Mm -hmm. like, and it, and, and this is just, that's just like thinking about the sound of your instrument and how it, coincides with the others and then within the music there's decisions you can make to change texture and it may be when someone else does get um let's say someone else is playing like an ambient kind of thing you don't necessarily have to go with them and go to the cymbal you could very well just go to the floor time and and provide something else that you're hearing you know what i mean it's like you just have to be hearing it you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. you know some guys pull back they don't go to the cymbal i tend I play with this great trio, uh, Jim Campolongo on guitar. It's his trio and, and Chris Morrissey um, on bass. And we are constantly changing textures. And it's like, sometimes I love to go like when Jim will hit a certain harmonic, like I'll say, oh my God, like I'm hearing this cymbal now and a hi-hat and I won't play snare or something. It's like a sound that we hit sometimes together in the middle of like some crazy free jam you know what i mean right and it's like um there's just textures and music you know mm-hmm. you know and, and and you'll know you'll you'll learn your antennas will go up and you'll learn like what you're hearing you know whether it's like a tight hi-hat and like maybe leaving out the snare and going to the tom or it's like there's, there's so many different combinations of, of ways and you, you want to learn to trust yourself and what you're hearing but you have to be listening you know you have to be mindful of those kind of things and then there's you know just changing texture in terms of like, if you're playing a gig and you're going to the second solo, changing the texture, like you're starting a new jam or something like that. It's like, you just change the symbol you're on. I mean, every symbol is different, you know, it's kind mm-hmm. of just realizing those things right. and realizing, you know, when I let a symbol ring out, it takes up space. It's yeah. not just, you're not just hitting a symbol. You're like, you're, you're hitting a symbol that is making symbols have a huge amount of frequency. You know, and we're, it's not like we're in the studio and, and, you know, and it's, you know, like, who knows, like, if you're playing the music of the who, like, whatever, like, you know, I'm not saying that, but it's like, it's like, you know, thinking about some stuff like that sometimes can be good. Um, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I totally, totally. With, with, you know, and, and it's, I think that I became much more conscious of that. Right. I think I used to flail my arms sometimes thinking something had to happen. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's just kind of like, you know, there is that thing too, but, but it's like, I don't know. There's a way you can be really defined about what you're hearing too. And it could be completely free music too. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? You can be very defined and, and really know what you want to play and what you're hearing. And it's a lot harder to not play things and, you know, like you said, flailing your arms and hitting everything to me, <laughs> to me is a lot easier than, than it, it, yeah. saying, Oh, I'm going to, I'm not going to play that. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to. Yeah. Yeah. Decisions, you know, yeah. mixed with heart because you're, you're in the moment too. And you got to feel, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? It's like, you gotta, you gotta, you know, and then it may be sometimes when we get to a peak of something, then we get to flail our arms and say, now I'm going to be happy, like a, like a happy child. And I'm going to just, bang the Freak drums because and... because we reached the peak bro we made it <laughs> you know what i mean we made it so it's like now i want to celebrate yeah. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. yeah no, it's, it's 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 really fun stuff i mean like and i continue to be challenged with those kind of things mm-hmm. you know and and going back saying in the studio that also as people work who work in the studio become very um they really hear those things like what we're talking about sure they're like, oh man, I hit that symbol there. Like, you know, it, it really meant something when they hit it and they didn't want to maybe afterwards. They're like, oh, I wish I hadn't hit that symbol. It's like one symbol hit, you know, but there, there's this focus in the studio of like what is needed to, mm-hmm. for the song, you know? So it's like having that is a whole other thing that is in, it's deep within us now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's deep within all of us. So that's the power of music, man. Yeah. So speaking of music, I know that you're working on some new music with uh, with Paris Monster. Talk a, a little bit about that before you go and, and where people can find out more information about not only that, but also you and if they want to come see you and chat yes, with you sir. or whatever. Okay, great. Yeah, Paris Monster has been releasing singles. Um, we do have an EP out that that can be found on on you know iTunes or, or Spotify if you want to do that thing. And <laughs> I know it's it's all over, man. Yeah, I know. But, you know, and um, we've been we released three singles. We just released a single called Winter's Hard uh, right before spring. And it's uh, that is out now. And we released two singles before that that can all be found. And we have a residency at Rockwood Music Hall Stage 2 on Thursdays at 930 uh, in the month of May. So May, Thursdays, 930, um, Rockwood Music Hall Stage 2, 196 Allen Street in the lower east side yeah so um and we also have a festival gig coming up that's awesome the roots picnic on june 4th in um in philly down in philly nice and um when's that when's the roots picnic june 4th some cool stuff so we're working on recording we're recording a bunch of tracks and just kind of doing it man you know so where's so facebook you're saying is the best way to to find all the stuff for uh for paris monster parismonster.com also okay. uh, and and facebook we we you know we have a page and um you can keep up with us there and instagram and all that cool uh twitter you know all the all the stuff man and i'm uh, gonna i'm gonna come out to rockwood one of those thursdays so maybe we can have like a drummer's resource meetup i have a bunch of drummers come out who are in new york yeah. and check it out so i'll post something on the drummer's resource page i'll send an email about it too so maybe we can get a, a bunch of drummers to come out and and check you out Uh, cool that'd be great so yeah awesome awesome well good deal man so listen for everybody out there do yourself a favor catch josh somewhere you know whether it's at rockwood or at the roots picnic or or just keep an eye on his dates because you will be blown away by his playing and singing ability i'm telling you right now it's definitely uh it's definitely worth the price of admission and more so definitely do that and uh and josh i just want to thank you man it's it's great to connect with you again after all these years and i appreciate you taking the time to chat 
Thank you, Nick. Yeah, it was a great, man, great talking to you. We really got into some deep stuff, man. I, it was great conversation. Thank I enjoyed you. it, man. I enjoyed it. Thanks, thanks again. And uh, yeah, I'll be in touch and I'll see you at Rockwood soon. Okay, take care. All right, thanks, brother. Bye. Bye. So there you have it, Mr. Josh Dion. And for all the links and notes for everything that we talked about, you can head over to drummersresource.com forward slash session one. Six one. Also, I'm getting really, really into using Snapchat. I had some issues with it before with my drummer's resource account. So now I'm just using Nick.Ruffini, R-U-F-F-I-N-I. So add me on Snapchat. I'm doing sort of daily habits and routines and things like that and giving you a more behind the scenes look of what happens day to day here at Drummer's Resource. So check it out, Snapchat, Nick.Ruffini. And until the next podcast, keep drumming. Thank you so much for listening. And don't forget to answer the question of the day. Who are you listening to? I want to know. All right. Talk to you soon. Peace.